<laughs> oh yeah so welcome everybody to the king mexico podcast and today i have a very special guest for all you honda heads all you gear heads everybody who loves their eks egs fk8 fk7s so we're going all the way from the beginning to the end and we have the man himself let him know What's going on, guys? Hunter for Jason here. What's happening? Dude, so excited to talk to you. Yo, it's an honor to have you. Thank you for coming on. Thanks, brother. Hey. Hey, just to get it out out there, a lot of people who, you know, I let them know you was going to come on. I was like, what do you want me to ask them? What? And so on and so forth. What is your favorite Honda vehicle? Oh, we're jumping right in, and huh? we're going, we're going, we're going right for the number one question everybody always asks me. Yes. Oh man. Okay. So here's here's how I feel about my number one favorite Honda. I, I have many of them, and for many different reasons. So the the Honda T three sixty, which was Honda's first four wheel vehicle, is one of my favorites because of what it meant. You know, it started everything. The the N six hundred is one of my favorite vehicles, being one of the first front wheel drive vehicles Honda ever did. Um, now, now I just bought a car that I'm sure we'll get into a little later, but it's a 71 Honda 1300 Coupe 9S. The last car that Mr. Honda actually engineered himself. So that's super important to me. Uh, first gen Civic, obviously, S2000, um, NSX, you know, my Type R, the first Type R. So there's, there's cars I love. And those are like a group of my favorites because of what they meant to Honda and to the world, how they changed and kind of molded Honda and what it is into what it is today. So that's why. Nice, nice. But yeah, that's a question I'm pretty sure you hear so much and so frequent. All the time. And it's like such a broad question because when it comes down to Honda, it's like there's so many, you know what I mean? And then Honda makes every vehicle for every person too. Yeah. From a family vehicle to that person who has the edge and wants to go to the track every weekend. Yeah. And then, I mean, they, you know, all their motorcycles, they they make a jet, they make a jet now. So, I mean, they, they make something for everybody. And and Honda's always been the company that they want to fill a need. That's kind of like what their philosophy has been over the years where there's other companies like, let's just say Toyota. Toyota came out strong about 10 years ago. And Toyota said, listen, we want to be the world's largest auto manufacturer. And then somebody interviewed, you know, one of the, the president of Honda, whoever it was at the time, and said, hey, Toyota wants to be the number one the number one auto manufacturer. What do you have to say about that? And they say, we want to be a company that people need in their life, something that, you know, they need to exist, gets them from point A to point B, gets them to cut their lawn, gets them to do their daily activities. We don't care if we're the biggest. We just want to be wanted and we want to help people, which is like, I would much rather support a company like that than someone that just wants to be the biggest in the world. So that that, that meant when I heard that, it meant a lot. It was, it was pretty amazing. I completely agree right there with you. Yeah. And also um, for many people, right, they don't know how the whole Honda Jason name came of. Uh, yeah. You, you, I, I'm pretty sure you get that all the time, but I know but I'm pretty yeah. sure people listening don't know how it all started. And it's an amazing what, what, story. So what, what's funny about that is that that is one of one of the questions that people ask. They, 
they ask me like how I got started. And then a lot of people ask me what I do for a living. They're like, so what's your job? Like what, what exactly do you do? We, we can get into that, but how did, how did Honda Pro Jason get started? So um, I used to sell cars. I used to sell Hondas in a suburb of Chicago back. Um, I started in 1996. I worked there for 20 years. So I, I was like, yeah, I know. Right. I know. I, I I'm aging gracefully. So I, I was the guy at the dealership that always had like the answers for the technology. You know, if someone needed help with like their Bluetooth setup or their door lock systems or anything to do with technology on the car, they came to me so much that the technicians who knew how to fix the cars if it broke, but they didn't know how to set up Bluetooth. They didn't know how the technology really works. That wasn't really their job. So I used to go back to help model all the time. And one time I'm back in the shop and one of the, the foreman actually turns and goes, Hey, um, Joey, whoever's working on the car, why don't you ask that Honda Pro guy? He knows everything about these cars. And I'm like, oh, Honda Pro. That's kind of has a good ring to it. So when I started my YouTube channel, I just took the Honda Pro and just took my first name, Jason. And I just said, look, Honda Pro Jason. I'm like, that works perfectly. So that that kind of went with me. And it's a it's a it's been discussed many times online because pro was really for me, it meant professional. That's all it really meant. I don't work on cars. A lot of people think I'm like a, a, a pro tuner or a pro builder, which I'm not. I'm just a Honda professional. You know, I know Honda's history. I can talk to people about the history. I know all about the technology. I can present the product. And, you know, when I pre present myself, I present myself around the world as a professional, therefore Honda pro. Nice. So, yeah, that's just going on that, a little that, That's a short story. <laughs> amazing as well and then how you got into you know you got the call from the um big boss that's another one part of the story too that's amazing like i can't imagine that, how it felt to get that call at the dealership yeah yeah it's, i've i've gone through a lot of like really like monumental things that have happened to bring me to the point where i am now you know, I've had, I, I had a, a dealership call me early on when I was selling sales and wanted me to go to their dealership and train their salesman. And I was like, I, I had like one or two videos out on YouTube. I was still selling cars. I wasn't thinking about being a YouTuber or a, or a, a celebrity in any way. I was just a car salesman that wanted to help other people. And this dealership calls me up from Salt Lake City and I'm in Chicago. And he's like, hey, would you come out and train our guys? And I'm like, Train them on, on what? They're like, oh, on the technology, you can do walk arounds. And I'm like, no, no, no. Honda's got trainers. I'm a salesman. He goes, yeah, but we watch your videos. We want you to come out. I'm like, okay. So I go out. Little did I know that would change the course of my whole life. You know, I started training dealerships around the world. And that's a big part of what I do. Um, I was at an another monumental part of what happened with Honda Pro is I was at a show called the NADA show which is a private show for the uh, Nas National Association uh, Dealership something. Anyway, it's all dealerships around the world that go to the show. It's a trade show. And I was at the sh trade show. I was in a Honda meeting, a meeting I probably shouldn't have been in because it was just for dealers, but I kind of stuck my way in. And then while I was there, I met the president of Honda America, which was Mr. Yamada at the time. And at the time, a lot of the dealers that were in there, the owners were there. They saw me there. And to me, I was a big celebrity. So they were taking pictures of me and I was signing things for them. And basically they want to show their employees that they met me because they want to be cool. 
I'm like, okay, sure. So we're taking pictures. The president of Honda America comes up to me. He goes, listen, um, who are you? Uh, why are you here? And why do all these people want to take photos of you? I go, well, you know, my name's Honda Pro Jason, and this is what I do. I make videos, and I explained everything. I told him about my YouTube channel, and he was, oh, okay, it was, you know, it was nice to meet you, and maybe I'll see you again. Cool, I just met the president of Honda. Like, that was unbelievable. The next day, I run into him again at the trade show, and he goes, Honda Pro Jason. I'm like, what? you remember my name? He goes, I am in the know. I go, okay. He goes, he goes, this this smells like an old Honda. And he starts reciting lines from my video. And I'm like, did you watch my videos? He goes, I watched them all night. I go, why? He goes, fascinating. I couldn't believe your passion. And he went on and on. He goes, we need you. We need to work with you. And I'm like, okay, like I'm, I want to work with Honda. You know, I was just, I was still selling cars and I kind of snuck into this meeting and things are starting to make sense now to me on kind of what direction I'm going to go into. And he opened up a huge door and let me into Honda as like a journalist, which gave me access to all the new cars. So I can show other people the technology and the engine specs and the suspensions and everything of the new cars before they hit the market. And that was one of the ways that I kind of kept people, like I say, in the know. That's how I kept people in the know with Honda's influence. So that was a, another major, major thing. And without, without these things happening to me, we wouldn't be talking right now. I'd still be a salesman in Schomburg that no one really had on their podcast for any reason, you know? So it's, it's been cool. It's been an interesting ride. Yeah. Just, just like your feet today, the one you did with the pilot that you could put two, there's uh, an opposite side. There's a carrier for the the gallon of milk. I did not know that. (laughs) It's right. It's stuff like that. Yeah. They, they have a, they have two sections in the back of the car and most people, that have, own the car know their storage compartments. But most people don't know that those storage compartments were specifically developed to put a gallon of milk inside of it. And it, so it doesn't roll around and spill like they do in most cars. And, and Honda showed me that. And I'm like, that's awesome. But what blows my mind is Honda doesn't show that in any advertisements. No, they they don't, don't tell the salesman nothing. The engineers develop it. And then they go on to their next project. And if I don't find out about it, sometimes no one finds out, which is crazy to me. Yeah, I thought it was um, just a storage as well. But just knowing that it's been milk, it's incredible. Yeah, yeah. And just to get into a debate, right? Because a lot of my family's, well, everybody, huge Honda. It's like Honda everywhere. Like even the watch I'm wearing is a Seiko F1 Honda racing watch. Okay. So nice, nice. And then I'm also trying to get the spoon Honda that they made with um with G-Shock. Oh, the watch. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it's like I, I have um I, I have I'm, I'm looking at a bunch of a bunch of stuff I have, but since you're on the you're on the subject of watches, I got I got this here. This is, I'm literally looking at it. Wow. My, my friend Tim Mings gave me this. This is an old, old, old school. I don't even know if, oh, here. here. So it opens up like, like this, limited edition. And it's it's like some super old school limited edition watch. I got the, the watches from Mystere. So they, they come in this box and they're, I got a, I actually, I'm pretty lucky. I have one of every color. 
And a lot of these are extremely limited. So there's, there's like the champ white one. I got the yellow one, the blue one, the gray one. So I got, I, I got some watches. What's ironic about that though? No, I don't wear a watch. Haven't wore a watch in years, but yet I have them collectible. <laughs> what, what were you saying about the debate? Now I got you off subject. Oh yeah. Yeah. So going yeah. back to the debate. So yeah. right now is a debate between the EGs and the EK hatches. Okay. And then you put up a render of what would an 11th gen <laughs> EG would be. And I was like, wow. Right. Yo, if that was reality, and, and I saw a lot of people come and take my money. I was one of them. And then I would like yeah. to render the EK. I'm like, Honda, here's my money. Take it. Yeah. There's no question. Look, look, what, look what Chrysler did with their, um, their uh, or the Dodge. Um, what do they make the demon out of? The Charger? The Charger, yeah. So they brought back the Charger. It's like an old school. The Camaro kind of looks like an old school. You know, so a lot of other manufacturers are bringing back an old look into a new product. There is no reason Honda can't do the same thing. And people would lose their mind. They go crazy. And they could just do, you know, a limited-ish run. They don't have to do a full factory. But I think that would be pretty impressive. It would. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people would pay the MSRP on it. Oh, for sure. They paid more. I mean, look what they're doing with the <laughs> Type R. I mean, it's, it's insane. So, yeah, for sure. For sure. All so right. I, a lot of stuff I do, like that post, I didn't, I haven't checked it lately, but I posted it earlier today and it was over 1.5 thousand shares. So, I mean, that that's reaching, you know, four or 500,000 people right there. And as it grows, that post will reach over a million people. And Honda's in the business to make money, make cars that people want. So if people want something like that, and if enough people want it, it'll, it'll find its way to Honda. And Honda will look at that and go, you know, maybe we can't do that, but maybe we can put some little bits of the EG or the EK in a new trim, in a new model and give the people what they want. You know, and be like, hey, look at the taillights. We got these taillights straight from where the EG taillights are. Or look at this knob or the switch or whatever it is. And they'll play off that because they see some traction on social media. So a lot of times, the reason I post that stuff is so to get people excited and to get Honda to look at it and go, hey, look, this is what people want. And it works a lot. Wow. That's yeah. a dream right there. Because you know how you see a lot of kills, cars that are built that are EGs and EKs, people tend to mix and match. So you saying that right there, I could imagine that. And then update it with current technology. Oof. Yeah. And front wheel drive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and then you have impressive. and then you have the other um aftermarket parts coming on long yeah just thinking about it, it like wow it'd be crazy it'd be crazy and it's not it's not impossible you know i mean we one of the reasons we have the civic type r right now in in the 10th generation is because the enthusiasts wanted it if if we didn't have you know if the enthusiasts didn't want it like via social media and they had like all these, you know, um, I, I forgot there's a, a website where you could start, you know, like a list of people that wanted it. And um, someone came out and they're like, oh, listen, if anyone wants the Civic Type R to come to America, sign this petition. And like hundreds of thousands or millions of people signed this petition. 
And Honda saw it and Honda was like, well, if America wants it, let's figure out a way to get it to them. And if we never showed interest, just like all the previous years, other countries would have it and we wouldn't. So we, we really dictate what cars Honda is going to bring us, but we also dictate what cars Honda is going to take away. Because if we don't buy the cars, S2000, um, uh, CRX, CRZ, Del Sol, all these cars that people are like, why did you, why did you take those away? All the manual cars, why did you take all these cars away? Well, because no one was buying them. Why would they keep making a car that no one's going to buy? They just sat on dealership lots and dealerships were like, stop sending me Del Zoles. Stop sending me S2000s. We have 25 of them. And every winter we got to pull them inside. Every summer we put the tops down. No one wants these cars. The coupe, the, the coupe, Civic and Accord, no one bought them. Just plain and simple compared to the sedan and the hatchbacks for the Civic, they, they way outsold them. If everyone would buy a coupe and no one bought sedans or hatchbacks, guess what Honda would make? Yeah. They just make coupes. Yeah. They make nothing else because that's what people want to buy. So for everyone listening, if you guys want more manual cars, you need to buy more manual cars. And if you keep buying them, they'll make a manual car in everything. They would love to. Honda, of all companies, would want to make a manual car in every model, every trim, They'd get rid of CVTs. They would be all manual for them. But people have to buy them. Right? Can you imagine a manual Odyssey? I mean, no one's ever going to want it. That's the problem. But if they did, they'd make a manual Odyssey. That, that's their job is to make cars that we want to buy. So, and I don't think a lot of people understand that. I completely understand. I understand where you're coming from. So, Right? Makes sense. Yeah. Here's another one. Since you yeah. always have like, uh, uh, updated and you always get to see the new vehicles. How yeah. do you feel about the 11th Gen Civic? Because so you saw I it in saw person. It. I saw it and I drove it. I spent a lot of time in that car. Um, looks are very subjective. If you guys remember back in 2016 when the 10th Gen Civic came out, people were like, eh, it's okay, but it's kind of busy. And then the Type R came out and 80% of the people hated it. They're like, Type R looks horrible. It's way too busy. It's too much storm. They ruined the car. I can't believe this is the Type R they gave us. Give us the EP3. Give us the FD2. Give us something other than this is garbage. I would never, ever buy that. And now fast forward, you know, four years later, no one says anything about the looks. Everyone loves it. So it's it's something that it's a, it's a radical departure from what we're used to. The 11th gen is really watered down compared to the 10th gen, but it's going to sell really well. It looks good. The interior is where it's at. The interior of that car will blow you away. I mean, it, it feels like an Accord, the knobs and the switches and the technology, some of the te technologies above where the Accord is and the seats are super comfortable and it handles, handles better than 10th gen hands down. If you take a touring 10th gen, or you, you take your your uh, your sport, right? Mm -hmm. You take a sport 10th gen and a sport 11th gen, stock for stock, that 11th gen is going to outperform it. It's going to outhandle it for sure, which means the 11th gen SI is going to outhandle the 10th gen, and the 11th gen Type R is going to outhandle the 10th gen Type R, which 
I don't know how it's possible. Have you driven the new Type R yet, the 10th gen? No. Okay. When you have a chance to drive it, you have to drive it. It'll completely change your life because it handles like no front-wheel drive car has ever handled since the beginning of time, hands down. And how they're going to improve on that, I have no idea, but they're going to. I've talked to people that have driven it, and they say, get ready because people are going to trade in their FK8s for whatever the new, I don't know what the number is yet, but let's just say FK9. Everyone's going to get rid of, I made that up, by the way, it's really not FK9. <laughs> people, everyone's online right now going, FK9, it's a new FK9. No, it's, I just made that up. But everyone's going to trade in their FK8s for FK9s because it's going to handle better. It's going to have a little bit more power. Uh, the interior is going to be drastically, the infotainment is going to be better. So all the way around, it's going to be a better car. And people are going to see that once they see the car and drive it themselves. Yeah, because just my experience with this 10th gen right here. Oh, man. And it hugs the road. It hugs the road. It's so much fun. And sometimes when I, like, I'll lose a little bit of control towards the end and it slides, the feeling you get that you know is hugging the road. (laughs) Yeah. It just, and then if you have somebody in the passenger, like, what are you doing? I'm like, don't worry. Don't worry. You feel that? That's beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. You So you've been in New York, correct? Oh, yeah, I've been in New York a lot. I was just in New York uh, like four days ago. I'm pretty sure you drove in under Jackie Robinson. Uh, yeah, 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 I'm sure I have. With the, with the little, like, little swerves and stuff is yeah. in Brooklyn. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what I mean. When you lose control, it just feels so amazing. And then you feel the the seats, they just hug into you. It, it's, it's, I honestly, I'm happy I got the, um, HFP package on it. Yeah. It's just different. You know what I mean? Yeah. Honda, the, those... HFP, the, the Honda factory performance packages that they put together are, are great because, you know, they're specially designed for the car, but they're specially designed for the car by the engineers that basically made the car. They're not, it's not an aftermarket company that looks at it and goes, Oh, well, here's a strut. And um, let's just make this a little bit shorter and we'll lengthen this part, and there you go, it's upgraded. No, no, no. Honda, Honda knows exactly what how this works and what it what it's supposed to do. So when they improve it, it's improved the correct way. Nice. So just talking about the type R and all that, let's talk about your creation. And yeah, I feel that you started the yellow, the Phoenix Yellow, and it made it into the dealerships. Which is an amazing thing. I'm pretty sure I have to tip my hat off to you because you're the one who started it. And then everybody started trying to replicate it, but couldn't do it. So Honda had to make it to the T. Yeah, Honda definitely. So here's here's the story. Here's the story behind that totally. Is that I, I bought my car as black and I knew that I had to make my car different in some way. So I, you know, what, what better way to make a car different than just completely paint it? So when the car was three months old, I brought it out to a paint shop in Missouri and I announced that I was going to paint the car Phoenix Yellow. Obviously just a big throwback to the original Phoenix Yellow Type R. And I really wanted to make the car my own and I wanted to change the car and make it exactly how I thought Honda should have made it. So they should have come out with the Phoenix type, uh, Phoenix yellow from the beginning, but they didn't. So I had the entire car stripped down to bare bones, 
all the glass is out, all the rubber is out, the interior is out, the engine got taken out. I had it sprayed Phoenix yellow. I replaced the top with a carbon fiber roof just to give it some nice accent. Uh, carbon fiber scoop, different wheels, different exhaust. And then the bottom line is Honda saw the car, the Honda engineer saw the car about eight months after I finished it out in New Hampshire. I was doing an event out there at a dealership. They came on, they saw the car and they were so blown away by it. They're taking all these photos and they brought the photos and information back to Japan. And lo and behold, about two years later, Honda announces that they're doing a limited edition run of a, you know, Phoenix yellow Civic Type R. And the car looks exactly like my car, which for me as an enthusiast is a huge honor. Like, it's just, it's awesome. So I, I'm, I'm very, very happy with the way that turned out. Nice. And you've done a lot of upgrades since then. I have done, it's ever evolving. It's ever evolving. It's, it's been... It's been an amazing run. It's, it's been a really cool car. And I've gone through, you know, I've upgraded like, I've upgraded turbos. I've upgraded exhaust. Uh, I have a whole Honda fuel system now. So I'm running E85. There's, there's quite a bit that's gone into this. And I'm not done with it by any means. I, I still have some more things. I'm sure in the works, it'll come out. Uh, with the 11th gen coming out, I'll, I'll tell you, I've, I haven't really announced it online, but I've kind of talked about it briefly is that um, I ordered an 11th gen Civic Type R. I have my name. I have my name on one at a dealership in California. And, uh, I think it's LA Honda. And they have one on reserve for me. The very first one they're going to get, I'm going to get. So I'm now, you know, talking to different companies and seeing you know, what could be done or what I should do. Cause it's going to be, an, it's going to be another build like, my yellow car, but I'm not going to do yellow. Now I'm going to do something different. I might not even paint it, but I'm going to do something that really sets it apart from everything else. Because the way I look at it is that, you know, when I said I was going to paint my car uh, online, I got mad hate from so many people. They're like, you're going to ruin it. You should just wrap the car. You should wrap it yellow, wrap it any color you want. Don't ruin the car, which I, I understand what they're saying. But here's my, here's my philosophy on that. If I wrap my car, first, we probably wouldn't be having this conversation about my car because it was just a wrap type R. Everyone wraps their car. If I wrap my car when I'm at a car show, an event, I'm at H-Day, Import Alliance, or whatever the case is, Honda Fest, and I'm at the event and people come up to the car like, oh, is that wrapped? Yeah, it's wrapped. Oh, okay, cool. And they walk away. End of story. Like, what else are you going to say? Now people come up and some people at the beginning, not so much now, but at the beginning, like, oh, is that wrapped? No, it's painted. I, I'm, it's what? It's painted. Come check it out. Open up the doors, open up the trunk and the hood. Oh my God, this, you, this is really, oh my God, this is amazing. And they go on and on. They want to take pictures, tell their friends. And it's a big deal that it's painted. People have driven three to four hours just to go to a show to see my car because it's painted. So that helps the show out. That helps me, you know, as a content creator, create more content and just, you know, makes the whole buzz bigger. And that's what I want to do. And that's why I want to go over the top of this build. And like I said, my next one, I have no idea what I'm going to do. I really don't, but it's, it's going to be monumental. It's going to be something along the same lines where I want people to come to the shows. I want uh, the enthusiast shows to get bigger and bigger. I want bigger builds there. I also want to inspire people to modify their own car. A lot of people won't modify a car until it's out of warranty. 
which I understand. But I ripped my whole apart and started modifying it at, you know, two or 3,000 miles. So, and nothing's happened to it. Like the car has been awesome ever since. So I'm hoping that inspires people to modify and use some aftermarket parts smartly in their car and not have to wait three or four years to do it. So that's another reason why I did it. And I went so over the top with it. Wow. And just touching base, your current collection. Yeah. Of Hondas that you currently have in your presence. Not as many as people think. So I have my yellow Civic Type R. Mm-hmm. My wife, my wife has a white passport. It's got, you know, it's got a um, a J Sport lift kit, a couple of the J Sport accessories, and I have a, a one-off Titan Seven wheels on it, and it it looks amazing. And then up until about two months ago, that's all we had, two cars. People think I have like a whole because a lot of people have like five or six or seven different Hondas. I I had two, and I just bought my seventy-one. I imported it from Australia, and most people, I'm assuming, that are watching this have no idea what kind of car that is. Uh, most Honda enthusiasts have no idea. And if you have heard of it, you've never seen it. There's not another one in the country. It's a 1971 Honda 1300 Coupe 9S. It's, it's air-cooled, so there's no radiator. So it's air-cooled. There's a dry sump. So the oil pan underneath the car is like this thin. And then next to the engine is a container where oil goes, and that's where the oil gets circulated through the engine is in the side container. You know, it's done primarily in race cars. You know, cars that are, are you know, they have big angles where normally you'd have to put a baffle yeah. inside your oil pan. So before they put baffles, everything was dry sump. And I, I believe some, like cars, I'm, I'm, I don't know for sure, but I'm assuming like F1 cars or Indy cars that are under high Gs are probably dry sump as well. And the car has four carburetors, four carburetors. It still has points and condenser in the distributor cap. So it's, it's a whole other world. And it's, it's amazing. But it's, it's a 1300cc with 116 horsepower. For 1971, that's, I mean, the, the N600 back then was getting like 46 horsepower. And this thing comes out with 116. So it was, Definitely Honda's, you know, high-performance race car at the time. It was also the biggest vehicle Honda ever made at the time. Unfortunately, it was too expensive. It was way over-engineered by Mr. Honda. And initially, it was just, you know, overcast by the Honda Civic that came out soon after it. So I'm, I'm thrilled to have one. The version that I have, there's about six left on the planet, and that's it. Wow. So I have a car that's one of production, which are what's left of the production right now. That's so I'll be bringing it out to a couple of, a couple of shows this summer. So hopefully people will be able to see it in person. Nice. That's that's great. That's I'm it. pretty so, sure. I'm pretty sure just, you know, having the show and making all this probably gives you a little heads up on like networking and finding, you know, this vehicle, which is great. You know what I mean? It's a great thing. Yeah, no. Congratulations on that. The, the person person I bought the car from, I would have never met if it wasn't for what I did for a living. So yes, you are 100% correct. Yeah, just, yeah. um, it's like us. Well, my brother's currently looking for an EK, a huh? 2000 EK, but most of them are not 
tampered with. All of them have been, you know, aftermarket, repainted, or some type of rust. And it's hard, you know what I mean? Even even at his price, he was currently looking for it, and he was top dollar. He was like, I'll go seven. Okay. Well, which normally would be a lot for that year car. Exactly. So still can't find one, huh? No, and then we do get leads, and then once he'll travel and he'll ride like two, three, four hours, he gets to the site, and it's catfish. It's like, how are you getting catfish? <laughs> I that, that 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 whole thing never really made sense to me because, you know, you know that they're gonna come on and look at the car. Yeah, it's not like it's not like 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 people do it in dating, right? Where you know, typically that that's kind of where I think the catfish thing came from, where. You know, oh, you you pretend to be somebody else and you talk to someone online and you flirt with them on the phone, you exchange fake photos back and forth. But you know, you could probably get away with maybe never meeting them, and there it kind of works because you never meet them. But if you're selling a car and someone's gonna come look at that car because you're trying to sell it, what's the point about lying on what it's like? They're gonna see it. Exactly. That's the idea of you selling it. I'm like, I don't. People are weird, man. That makes sense. It hopefully, is hopefully he finds it though. Yeah, I hope so too, because it's one of those things that we both find it. I'm also looking for um an integra. Okay. Uh, an integra 2000 as well, GSR. <laughs> and it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I found one, but they wanted 10. I was like, oh yeah. man. How was the shape of it? It was it was it was a nice shape. It was in good shape. I'm not even gonna, you know. But yeah. and just dropping ten like that. Yeah, I know. I, and <laughs> I, I don't like saying it, but when people tell me like, oh, you know, I really want an integra, I really want an integra, I and they can't find one for the price range. Yeah. I, I sometimes ask, you know, have you thought about an RSX? I understand it's not the same car, but you can get an RSX for nothing they're dirty because no one wants them right now everyone wants integras everyone wants an integra and eventually everyone's going to want rsx like it's just, it's going to happen it's going to move they're going to be old enough all the integras are going to be gone and people are going to be like oh i want an rsx now and then the prices are going to go up so that that would be my my thing would be like you know hey have you thought about an rsx and if you have you can pick one up in good shape you know a, a type s for pretty good money pretty cheap money i should say so yeah i agree it's it's one of those yeah. things you know and just growing up i remember we used to we used to buy well yeah my cousin used to buy the cars fix them and it was like you know just going out there and you pick a fish it was so many out there so many out integras uh eks egs it was easy to find one now sure <laughs> now it's Oh yeah, man, it's, that's it's all I could world. say. Yeah, and then the whole tuning scene is incredible, you know what I mean? So it's so much you can do out with any vehicle you get. And and what can you say? Honda's is one of those vehicles you just could tune and you could just play with. And they go and they go. Doesn't matter how much you beat on them, they go. My um, yeah, my EK was a 98 yeah. four door, it got hit. Literally, the back end got shoved all the way in. It ended up looking like a hatch. Yeah. 
the guy in the tour came by. He's like, yo, let me show you something. I'm like, all right. He went inside the car. He's like, look, he turned it on and actually drove it up the road bed. He knew because he's done that before. Yeah. He knows cars can take a hit. It's amazing. Well, I'm sure you've seen the post on my page that, you know, it's like, you know, you know, thank, you know, thank Honda engineers because this person, you know, rolled the car four times with the whole family in it. Everyone walked away. They got hit by a Max truck. Everyone walked away. They went off a cliff and hit the ground. And then they got swooped up by a, a waterfall, went over the waterfall. Then crocodiles ate part of the car and they all walked away. Like it's, the stories are insane. And I, I'm not in that scene for Nissan, Toyota, Ford, whatever, yeah. but I'll bet they don't have the same stories. I'll bet they don't, you know, I'll bet the engineers don't build the cars the same way that Honda engineers build our cars. I'll bet they're different. Completely agree. So just to, um, you know, touch base, like what's, what's currently in the works, like what you're working on right now, like any shows that you're going to be on and stuff. Um, so, yeah. So in the immediate future, I leave for France, uh, Paris, France. I leave tomorrow. So I'm going out to France tomorrow just for the weekend. I got uh, two shows. One's a uh, track day. Uh, it's about four hours outside of Paris. And then the other one is going to be a, a drive type R's only in France with 30 different people. There's going to be 30 type R's, all European, which will be awesome. And then I'll finally be able to drive the uh, Honda E, which is Honda's electric car out in Europe. In Europe and Japan, it's not here in America. And I, I did the unveiling of that car in Norway about a year and a half, almost two years ago, but I've never driven it. So I get to drive the car this weekend, which will be fun. And then just coming up, there's um, a couple of the smaller local shows I like going to. And then of course we have Import Alliance coming up. That's gonna be out in Tennessee. It's gonna be massive uh, in Nashville. And then H-Day, H-Day is gonna be in New Hampshire. And then a Honda Fest in Connecticut. And then there's a big Honda, it's a big Honda event that's, uh, it's semi-private, like an invite only, but that's going to happen at Honda's headquarters, their uh, campus um, in September. So those are like the, the big, big shows. And then plus I have a lot of dealership. I do a lot of dealership meetings, you know, appearances at dealerships, helping the salesman understand the technology. And I'm right now that this whole pandemic thing's coming to the end. I'm getting busier and busier. So I'll be traveling all over the country, uh, visiting dealerships and, and just having a lot of fun. So I'll, I'll be busy for sure. You'll be seeing me out with the car. Nice. Are you yeah. planning to take your car to um, France? So here's the funny thing. People ask me that a lot about bringing the car overseas. And this is what people, I didn't understand it because I was asked to take my car to uh, Netherlands about five my old car about five or six years ago i had an old um an orange si called project orange it was a uh, 2014 and i looked into it well to do it right it takes about four to six weeks to ship there mm -hmm. you have to empty out all the fluids then once i get there i need special insurance to drive the car you know because I, I have to drive the car and my insurance doesn't cover, cover me if i'm in another country so forget about the, the license thing. You need special insurance. You need to dump all the fluids. You need to take the battery out. So there's a lot of things that you need to prep to get the car there. So all of that costs about four to $5,000 in shipping. That's one way. Ooh. Now you got to ship it back. 
you got to do the same thing all over again. So now you're talking about $10,000 to ship a car to an event and back. So let's just say that, let's say that I didn't charge them anything and I paid my own way. So Honda Progression was free. It's $10,000 for that event just to have my car there. That's a lot of money for a one or two day event. And so it's, it's never really materialized. Now, if, if I had, um, maybe if there was no other civic type bar and I had the only one in the world, maybe, I mean, my one, my one was yellow and I almost brought it to Germany one year, but we just couldn't get the numbers right. It's, it's expensive to do. I can imagine. I didn't know you had to drain out all the fluids, which is insane. If you're going to do it right now, people can ship a car without draining the fluids, but the companies I talked to, they said, we recommend you drain all the fluids. Okay. Makes sense, I guess. But then what do you do when you get there? You have to have a flatbed into a machine to a shop somewhere. You have to put all the fluids back in. Mm-hmm. You got to do the back. Then you got to do that thing backwards again to bring it back over. So, yeah. That's more additional money. That's not just including shipping right there when you think about it. Because now you got to find the shop. The shop is going to charge you. Now you got to get a flatbed to get it to the shop and then bring it back. Yeah, I completely understand. Wow. But what, let's see, as a fanboy, we all fanboys. Yeah. And then when it comes down to the minivan, and we always had this whole thing running around with a minivan type R. Yeah, yeah. Would you be on board with that? Oh, I, I uh, for sure. I'd, I'd be on board with every model having a type R variant. But... Honda's not going to do it because it's just not going to sell. It takes so much. Honda's a little bit different than, you know, Chevy and Ford when it comes to like their high performance uh, parts. So Honda didn't just take a Civic and throw a Type R badge, a bigger engine and bigger brakes on the car and said, here's a Type R, go have fun with it. Honda developed the entire car. In fact, in the 10th gen, a lot of people don't know this, for the 10th generation, Honda actually built, engineered built the Type R first before the regular Civic. They wanted to make sure the Type R, yeah. yeah. So the Type R was was built before any of the other Civics. And then they took that 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 body, not the body, they took that frame and they watered everything else down to the hatchback and the sedan and the coupe for that year. So a lot of people are wondering why the hatchback handles so well. Well, it's got the same frame as the Type R does. That's why it handles so well. They built the Type R first. So even in the past, Honda stripped down the car and they built, you know, they built the brakes and the suspension and they tightened up the frame and they, you know, they, they just tweaked everything, put a different engine in, but everything works together to make the Type R. So for them to make a Type R variant of, you know, everyone's seen the Ridgeline Type R, an Odyssey Type R, um, and they made an Accord Type R overseas a few years, never in America, but they, yeah, they made an Accord Type R overseas and, they strip the entire car down and then they just start building it up piece by piece to make sure that's one complete package. So for them to do that for an Odyssey to sell, I don't know, a few hundred, maybe a thousand, maybe, but I mean, it would be super expensive. And you know how many people online, everyone wants it. But when it comes down to putting your money where your mouth is, are you really going to buy an Odyssey or a Ridgeline that's dumped to the ground that, it's kind of unusable as a pickup truck. You're just using it as like a performance car. I mean, um, 
back back in the day, Ford had the Ford Lightning. Uh, GM and Chevy had a what was it called? It was called the Cyclone. Yeah, the Cyclone. Yeah, the Cyclone, right? Mm-hmm. So they didn't sell too many of those. It was awesome. Yes, they were. Like super, it was insane, but it's like a one-off car that they made just to be fun with it. And Honda just isn't going to engineer a whole car like that just to sell a few of them. But bringing back when you said the Ridgeline. Yeah. I think there's a car that could be the successor to be in a Type R, and that will be the Passport. The Passport rides amazing. I took the test run, and when I, I, drove the, um, I drove the Passport and I drove the um, Pilot. But yeah. something about the Passport, it's something about that car yeah. that I could see, a, I could see, even if they made an SI or they made a Type R, I think it would do well. Because then that would be like a competing factor towards a Raptor. Right. It's not a pickup, but it's around the same line, you know? Yeah. No, I, I hear the, the issue with the SI is that SIs have always been manual gearboxes. Yes. They've never made an SI ever in Honda's history that hasn't been a manual gearbox. So they would have to go away from that to do something with the Passport of the Pilot. And the, the Type R, Type R, the maximum seating capacity for uh, Civic Type R, uh, Integra, uh, is, is four passengers. They've never made a five-passenger. Even though the car was a five-passenger before it was a Type R, Honda made sure that it was only a four-passenger. And then they never had sunroofs. A Type R has never, ever had a sunroof. So if they kept those things alive, making, you know, car, you know, trucks or cars like the Odyssey, you can't do a four-passenger Odyssey because what's now you have a minivan that holds four people? Like, that makes no sense. So they'd have to really stray away from what they normally did since the beginning of time, you know, to change that. But again, like we said at the beginning of this, this podcast here, that if people wanted to buy it, they'd make it. Whatever people want to buy, they'll make. Yeah. Cause I saw the um, FHP package for the Ridgeline. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Those um, uh, bronze wheels. It just looks woof. It looks good. Yeah, I I would have liked to see some performance. Yes. You know, I, I mean it's 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 a looks package, and that's what they said. They came out and they said it's a looks package. Well, if it's a looks package and you have HPD, which is Honda Performance Development, where's the performance in the package? Like, I get it, it's cool. But, you know, then just do like a HFP or, you know, just, I don't know, change it. it give, just give it a little bit of power. You don't, you don't have to give it 100 horsepower. Just tweak it a little bit and have it just either, either handle better or brake better or give it more actual power. And they didn't, which is typical Honda. And I agree with you. The wheels look great. The stickers look awesome. I love the a limited edition factor of it. You know, all that stuff's really cool, but I don't want to see a little bit of performance of some sort. Oh, no. Like this bad boy right here. Yeah, yeah. There you go. This bad boy right here, when it comes down yeah. to um, performance, yeah, 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 I drove the regular one, but you do feel the difference in this one. 
like the hugging and all that. And then the dampers they also came with. Yeah. And then the brakes, the pads are different as well. So yeah, it's, it's the whole package in general. The extra money that yeah. I did pay to get it installed and you know, it was worth it. Okay. Yeah, that's not cheap, but it's no. worth it. It was worth it. Hands down yeah. worth it. Would I do it again? Yes. If the 11th gen comes in and they have a package again, I would definitely get it. But like you said, I, people have to want it and they have to put their money where their mouth is. Because just to throw just to throw a wrench, right? People was like, oh, I want it. I want it with the um, Supra, right? Right. They made it. And now they're currently sitting in lots. problem it is a problem so people wanted it they were screaming they wanted it they were doing all these things and now they're just sitting however the type r is a whole different story <laughs> type r is well the the i think the issue with the supra is people wanted the old supra that's what they wanted they wanted the old supra they're willing to pay for the old supra they didn't want a collaboration between toyota and bmw in a car that had no manual gearbox and you know everything else that people were complaining about when Honda did the Type R, they brought you know the power plant from the European Type R, the FK2, they brought it and dumped that exact power plant in the FK8. So you wanted the Type R, they gave you exactly what they wanted, and then they updated the looks and the suspension and made the car a ton better than even the FK2 was. And that's what people wanted. And it shows because, you know, I, I have a couple of friends that buy Highline cars. You know, they buy um, Porsches, Ferraris, Lambos, things like that. And a lot of those are pretty limited cars. And they said they've never seen a car like the Type R. It's in its fifth year right now, right? So it's, it's um, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's in its fourth year right now. So it started in uh, 17, uh, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. So yeah, fifth year. Yeah. So in its fifth year, they're still selling for sticker over. And they said they have never seen that in any Porsche or Lamborghini. They're hot. There's a lot of cars that are hot for a little while and you'll get over sticker for them, but not after five years. There's not any cars out there, but after five years, you're still getting a premium, which shows the car's worth it and people still want it, which is awesome. Honda hit the nail on the head and I hope they do the same thing on the 11th gen. I, I really do. I seen a little sneak peek in some of the um, sites with the 11th. Yeah. And if the, if is that right there, what I'm looking at? Wow. Wow. I know. I know. People I'm like, yeah, take my trip. money. Get that, yeah. Because <laughs> I was doing that with the 10th gen, right? But I'm like, I'm always trying to find a deal. I'm not even going to, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm always trying to negotiate. I always go into the dealership. I always have a number in mind. And, you know, we... Have to play the game. We all have to play the game. You know what I mean? And nobody ever wanted to go at sticker price. Right. And we even tried to look further out. I was willing to drive at least 100,000 miles. I mean, so yeah, 100,000. I mean, uh, 100 miles. 100,000. I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, 100 you're miles. You're willing to go someplace further than your little, your, your town that you're in now to go get it. Yeah. Just so you can get it at MSRP. Yeah, I know. Because... In New York, everybody wants it. Sure. I'm pretty sure if I go all the way in some small town where there's only a couple of people, should be have yeah. better luck, but no, 
Nope, yeah, no it's, MSRP. It's interesting because some of those smaller towns, they'll sell them for MSRP, but they want to keep it in their town. They said, if you live in our town or in like the surrounding area, we'll sell it to you for MSRP. But they don't want some dude coming in from California because that's what they do. They go online like, oh, you got it? I'm going to fly in from Cali. I'm going to go to Louisiana, pick up the car and bring it back to Cali. They don't want that. They want to take care of the people in their own town. So it's like this big catch-22 where you find a place that will do it, but you live in Los Angeles, not in like Birmingham, Alabama or wherever. And so now you're stuck again. But it's the 11th gen is going to be interesting to see what happens uh, specifically with the pricing of the Type R. Because I think Honda is going to up the price. That's what I think. I think they're going to come out a little bit more expensive than they normally do for a new model. Wow. We'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. I, hey, the numbers are there. If people were already paying MSRP above for this one, Honda's like, well, I'm pretty sure we could do it again. Hey. Well, here, here's the problem. Honda's losing money. What? The dealerships are making money. Well, no, the dealerships are making the money. Because well, check it out. Uh, Honda, the dealerships buy the cars from Honda all at the same price. Like, let's just call it invoice. Mm-hmm. They buy the cars at invoice, and then Honda recommends selling at this price here. Well, the dealerships sell it way up here. The dealerships make all that extra money. Honda still gets their invoice. That's all they ever get. So they get they get their invoice, and then they also get all the heat from the customers saying, why are you ripping us off when they're not? The dealerships are charging over sticker because enthusiasts are buying it over sticker. Therefore, they're buying, you know, they're selling it over sticker, but Honda's not making that money. So what I think Honda's going to do is Honda's going to say, listen, the average selling price for the FK8 was, you know, 42,000. MSRP average was 36. So dealerships are making all that money, which means in my mind, Honda can add more features to the car and make the car more expensive and people still buy it. So all the fake carbon fiber that was on the car for the FK8s, you know, the, the, the spoiler, the underneath spoiler, the, 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 um, the side pieces, a lot of pieces on there were like the faux carbon fiber. Yeah. They could have done real carbon fiber. The, um, the front seats didn't match the back seats. The back seats were, I mean, just to say it, they're a, a very cheap material. The door panels were very cheap and the front was all suede. Well, Honda did that because they had to cut costs. They didn't think anyone was going to buy the car for 42, 43,000. And that's what it would have been if the carbon fiber was real, the back seats matched the front seats. You know, if the steering wheel was suede, if, if it had a little bit more power and little did they know that people were going to pay for that. So I think in the 11th gen, I hope they've kind of thought about it and they said, okay, let's bring it up a notch. Let's make the interior a little bit nicer. Let's add some real carbon fiber. Let's bump the horsepower. It's going to be more money, but people obviously are going to pay it and they want it. So go for it. In fact, here's, here's, here's a story that a lot of people don't know. Um, the Civic Type R, FK, do you know there's, it's a Civic Type R, but there's also a trim level attached to it? It's the Touring model. So the Civic Type R, the one, the FK, the one that everyone owns, mm-hmm. is officially by Honda. It's a Civic Type R Touring, which means it's the top trim. 
but there's only one trim. So why would they do that? Because they didn't think anyone was going to buy a Civic for $36,000 plus. So what they were doing is they were, they were, they engineered and developed a lower trim level for less money. They were going to do a base type R and a touring type R. Well, when they sell it, started selling it from SRP and more, they dropped a baseball. No one ever saw it. They never produced it. It was wow. only the touring. They didn't think anyone was going to buy it. So they literally developed a cheaper car thinking that they were going to have to, you know, no one's going to buy it. They're going to be stuck on the dealers. Here's a cheaper version. Please buy this one. Never needed to. That was that. Isn't that crazy? That, that that's is a, insane. That's, a lot of people don't know that. Yeah. I can imagine yeah. how that one would have done too. It would have done, it would have done well as well. It, it would have, but of course they couldn't make enough of the FK8s. Like if they would have made more tourings, then the prices would have came down. They could never keep up with production. That's and if people, correct. right now people, people are looking for the car. They can't even buy it. They're sold out everywhere. And it's five years later. It's, it's, it's awesome for an enthusiast and someone that supports the company. It's amazing. What is the coolest feature that you know a Honda has besides the milk, the gallon of milk? Oh my God. Yeah. So, wow. That's a question people don't normally ask me. So I personally think some of the coolest feature on the car is the um, programmable door locks. And I'm just, I'm talking about Honda across the board, not just performance or whatever. A lot of manufacturers up until recently you can't set the door locks like you can with Honda. Honda can completely program them. So in, in your car that you have there, you know, when you, um, you have the keyless fob, right? So you go to the door, you grab it, and the doors open up automatically. No, I have actually the key key. Oh, you have a, oh, you have a sport. Yeah. Okay. So above the sport, every other manual well, here. So in your car, you can actually program them in your car. So in your car, when you, when you go to nine miles an hour, do all the doors lock? Yeah. Okay. You know, you can shut that feature off. When you, when you turn the car off, mm -hmm. does your door, your door unlocks, right? So you can get out of the car. You don't have to unlock the door. When you get out, you just have the door hand get out, right? Yeah. So in the back seats, those doors stay locked. So do you have kids or anything that's in the back seat of the car? Yeah, so I have safety locks. I have the child so lock in the back. When, when you get a little bit older uh -huh. and you turn the child locks off the car, when they go to open up the door, it's still locked. You'll have to manually press the button to unlock them. But that's a setting, something you can change in the car's computer where you shut the car off, all the doors unlock. No other manufacturer has that. Most other manufacturers say, well, this is the way it is. This is how we built it. Sorry, guys. Honda's like, no, if people want to customize it, because in, in, in my car and all the cars above the sport, when you grab the door handle, mm -hmm. the driver's side door unlocks. All the other doors stay locked, but you can program it when you grab the door handle, they all unlock. Because if you're going to put a book bag or a backpack in the back seat, normally, like in a Ford, you have to unlock the door, open the door, press the unlock button shut the door, then open up the back door. In the Honda, you can program it so you grab the front door, unlocks, grab the back door, open it up, put your book bag away. 
So Hannah's thought about all these things and to take the door locks one step further, an even more crazy Honda engineering is in the top trim, you have a driver one and driver two position. Mm-hmm. You have the little key fob and it's got one and two, everyone knows it. And most people know it sets your seats. So if your wife or your partner is like taller or shorter, when you get in the car to adjust your seats, you don't have to do it all the time, which is great. What people don't know about the one and the two with Honda is it sets all your door lock settings as well. So if you want to come up to the car and grab the door handle and have all the doors unlock because the kids are with you, you can set it that way. But if the wife is afraid of someone jumping in the car, when she grabs the door handle with her fob, the driver's door opens up. Wow. So you customize all the door lock settings to your liking different from one and two, which no other manufacturer does that. Maybe like a high-end Lexus or something, but not the Honda Civic. And Honda engineered it like that. So for that reason, that's one of my favorite features of the Hondas is the door lock settings. Oh, no, there's another feature, right? That I find amazing. Yeah, yeah. You have your key, right? And you hit the unlock button and you hold it down. All the windows come down. That's cool, right? That is cool because sometimes it's hot. You like hit it and hold it and all the windows. Yeah. I did not know that. I stumbled in... I stumbled in by mistake and I was like, yo, this is cool. So here's with that feature. It's funny that you mentioned that right now. Um, I get a message or, or an email probably once every week or once every week and a half from someone saying, Hey, listen, can you shut that system off? Cause what happened was my wife went into the store. When she came out, it was pouring rain all the windows down and her sunroof was open. So the key must have been pushed in her purse. Mm-hmm. Brother, it happens all the time. I've talked to Honda. I'm like, hey, can't you put a shutoff in there? They're like, nah, you know, we, we never did. We don't know if it's a big issue. And me personally, I'm sure other people told them too, but I was on them all the time. Well, guess what? On the 11th gen, there's a setting we can shut that system off now. What? So you can leave it on like you love it. Yeah. But if you want to shut it off, you're able to shut it off in the key fob, which is awesome. So Honda thinks, they listen to people, they think about it, they engineer the cars again that we want with features, like you said, with the window down trick that we want too. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah, so many things that you you yeah, stumble yeah. upon. But yeah. 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 For sure. I mean, it's hands down, I, I wouldn't have the job I have with any other company. There's, I don't think a Chevy Pro or a Ford Pro or a Toyota Pro would work because I don't think the enthusiast base is that large compared to Honda or that committed compared to Honda. And the company, they're just, Honda does stuff that no other company in the world does. Their engineering and their development team and their safety team is unlike anything I've ever seen. And that's just some of the reasons why I love the brand and so many other people love the brand so much compared to all the other stuff out there. And your guess, what what you think that attracts all of us to Honda? What is it about Honda? Because I know your her love started with Honda from that Accord. Yeah, yeah. Nineteen eighty seven Accord for me. I, you know what? I think it's a lot of different things. Some people really appreciate the, the racing heritage. You know what Honda's done with F one. What Honda's done in uh, you know open wheel for uh, uh, IndyCar. Uh, off-road, 
grassroots racing, you know, I mean, I, I hate to bring up street racing, but street racing, some people love that you can, you know, change them like Legos. You can pull engines out of one into another. You can move seats from one to the other. You can move back ends and front ends and headlights and, and all the stuff. You can go from one car to another car. You can't really do that with any other brand. You know, some people are attracted to the safety or the engineering or a lot of people like me. I love the community, the Honda community. If you've ever been to an H day there, there might be, I'm sure there's like a Toyota fest out there or a Chevy fest, but here's what happens when you go to Chevy fest, it's 99% Corvettes and Camaros. No one's showing up in their Malibu or their, their Chevy Sonic like that, right? That's not happening. You're in a Toyota. No one shows up in the Corolla or the Yaris. They show up in the Supra must our Ford guys show up in the Mustang. It's a whole big Ford fest with just Mustangs. You go to a Honda event, there's pilots and Odysseys and Civics and Accords and Fits and uh, CRZs and CRXs and Del Souls. And man, when you love Honda, you love the whole brand. You don't just love one little man, one little model. And that's why I think the Honda people respect. And that's why I attract so many people because it's the love for all of everything Honda, not just one or two little parts of it. So it makes a big difference, right? Sure, it does. Just Honda Day. I remember when they used to have it in Jersey. Yeah. And it sucks yeah, that they closed down the it. track. Yeah, Atco, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if you haven't been to an H-Day in a while, there's going to be one coming up in New Hampshire. And it's definitely worth going. It's It, it will it'll change you. Like the, the events have just been getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And the quality of cars has just been getting higher and higher and higher. And it's just, you, you'd have a blast. You'd have a blast. Oh, of New Hampshire is not far from you either. I have to track it. <laughs> well, it's closer to you than me. I'm coming from Chicago. That is true. So if I can make it out, you certainly can drive there a couple hours, whatever it is up there, dude. You, you got to make it. You'll have a lot of fun. I might just do it, and then I'll I'll see if you know the family wants to come along, and then we'll track their car. Because uh, right now, uh, my cousins have a have a channel, and they're working on a coupe, an EK coupe, and an EG hatch. Okay. So it's a DN DNM garage. So okay. they're doing like I uh, DI DIY videos. Oh, cool! Nice. So they go into it, and it's cool. You know what I mean? Is is a passion that they've had since teenagers. And it's just been building and building as we get older. And like you said, it's a community. No matter how old you get, you always go to the Honda. You could go to different brands, right? Yeah. But you're always going to come back to your number one. Bro, I used to tell people that all the time uh, when I was selling cars. They'd be like, yeah, you know, I've had Hondas for a while. I think I'm going to go try Subaru. I'm like, you'll be back. They're like, what do you mean? I go, everyone comes back. Because the other brands, they're just not the same. Not. It's the feeling. It's the drive. It's just having that H in front of your car. It's an honor. That's what it is. It's an honor. It's an honor badge. But I'm going to hit you with this one right here. Because I'm pretty sure you get this one too. Aftermarket parts. What company, right, would you say is the it company? But there's so many. So, And I know it goes from like parts and wheels and... That's why. Back in the day, it was different. 
you know, back in the day, there was a few companies that made a ton of different stuff for the cars. But now it's like, you know, you want, you know, you want wheels and you look at, you know, Titan 7, you look at Rays, you know, there, there are some good companies out there. Me personally, I, all my cars run Titan 7 wheels. I, they're a forged wheel. They're amazing. The, the owners are great. You know, I believe in them and the company. And that's, for me, it's pretty important, you know, because there's a lot of companies out there. And now mm-hmm. that I'm, you know, Honda Pro Jason, the celebrity influencer, they all want to work with me. So I have the rare opportunity to go visit them at their manufacturing plant and gain to know them as people. And then I can really decide, you know what? I really like how you guys work with the community what you guys are trying to accomplish and how you do it. Cool. Like I'll, I'll support you or there's, I'm not mentioning any names, but there's been cases where I visited people and I'm like, so you don't really manufacture anything here. Like everything's in China and you just put your name on it and you claim that you're, you know, Oh, I, you know, everything's made here in house. And it's like, where are the CNC machines? Like, how do you make stuff without machines? And they're, oh, you know, we have stuff locally. Where? And I find out later that it's China. They buy it, which I get it. It's cheaper. Like, I have no problem. But just don't tell us one thing and do another. You know, I recently just got back from um, Pennsylvania. I visited the guys at PRL. I was blown away. Man, they got, like eight or nine big CNC machines. And they start out with a brick of aluminum, like this big, bigger than this. And it weighed like 20 pounds. And they CNC out, you know, math sensors. And and they have end caps for the, the intercoolers. And, you know, they manufacture a lot of their stuff. There's still some stuff that they get from other places. You know, things that are just like the intercooler. You know, the actual intercooler itself. They said that, you know, no one really manufactures the intercooler. It wouldn't make sense. They buy them from one or two different companies, but it's the end tanks that are the important part. And that's what they, they do there. And it's just so cool to see a company that manu- research develops and manufactures their own parts in their own you know facility. I'm with AWE, who does my exhaust. Same thing. AWE does exhaust systems. The Civic's the only one import they do. Otherwise, they do, I shouldn't say import, the only Honda they do. And they do like BMWs and Porsche, Mercedes, whatever. But all their steel comes from, or most of their steel comes from Pennsylvania, nice. where their, their facility is. So their steel is local. They don't get like Chinese steel and stuff, and they engineer everything there. And companies like that, I really like working with. Uh, Hondata, I'm everyone knows I'm a huge fan of Hondata, um, mostly because Hondata works hand in hand with Honda. They they tune a lot of Honda's race cars that Honda uses to win races. So, I mean, for me, wouldn't you rather work with the company that works with the manufacturer that's on your car? Yeah, there's other, you know, there's other, um, you know, uh, uh, ECU tuning companies out there that are good. You know, there's some AEM or MoTeC that, you know, eventually Honda is for normal consumers. And then when you get into like, you know, hardcore, like out of control racing stuff that Honda just can't support anymore. You know, you go into a Motag or you're you're going to AEM standalone. But for me, I I use Honda and I believe in the company. 
So everyone's, every piece is different. So it's tough to answer that. But there are so many companies out here now and they're, they're popping up all over the place. And they're, I mean, companies, uh, 271, another company, they're uh, now in Las Vegas, just Honda. And they just jumped on the scene for Honda, you know, I think just with the 10th gen. And they're, they're blown up. I mean, they have a ton of really good, solid equipment. So I, I do like companies that work with just one brand, especially if it's Honda. Nice. You know, because it's like, oh, so you don't make this for the Sua? And for Nissan and for Ford? Nope. We just do Honda. Okay. You must know Honda really well then. Yes, we do. I like that. I respect that. It's cool. Nice, nice. So, yeah, let me not hold you up because I know you have your flight. You have to go to France. I, I, I got I a flight tomorrow to France. I'm, I'm excited. I'm really excited because that when you go to Europe, man, if, if have you been to Europe for like um, like import or Honda stuff before or no? No, I was actually had to fly last year. But due to, you know, the little yeah. bump on the road we all had. So, sure. Everything got pushed back. So hopefully, you know, I'll, I'll be flying soon overseas and stuff. So I can't wait. You got to get over. Yeah, it's the scene overseas is it's much different than here. So I look forward to meeting all the people and seeing their builds and their, it, I mean, real quick, it's a lot less, a lot less show. You know, they don't really, they don't go for all the glitz and glamour, you know, that we do here. You know, they're like for here, like VIP at a normal show is, you know, easily two, three hundred cars and a VIP for like a big show over there. A huge show VIP is like 30 cars. Wow. That's it. Because they don't they don't do it up like that. that. That's not their concern. Their concern is making the car as solid as they can bring the car back to factory or making the car like much faster, but without all the glitz and glimmer. So. It's, it's a different world and the passion runs really deep out there from, I'll go to a show and there'll be grandparents, parents, and kids at the same show. All but the kids all have Honda tattoos on their arms. Like they're, it's a family thing and it's hardcore over there. So I'm really excited to meet them and, and spend some time, but it'll, it'll be fun. And thank you though. I mean, be on this podcast is awesome. I'm so happy you reached out to me and we could sit and BS for a little bit and, and talk Honda. So it's, it's really been a lot of fun. So thank you for that. Nah, thank you, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Just being a big fan and following you for, for a while. You know what I mean? Yeah. Prior to Instagram and you had the, you know, you had your um, YouTube video and, yep. you know, just going from there, watching you when you used to go to shows and stuff. It's just an honor, man. It's just, it's one of those things that I could I could have honor badge now that I interviewed you. Thank you. And a lot of people, a lot of people, trust me, a lot of people that I know did not think this was yeah. going to be possible. It was like, nah, you lying. You lying. Good. Well, I'm, I'm glad, bro. I'm glad. And if anyone wants to follow, you know, I document a lot of my journeys and, and a lot of my videos and stuff, trying to help people better understand the products. You can find me on all social medias under Honda Pro Jason. That's it. There's no, I don't have silly underscores or any other names or the Honda. Everything's just Honda Pro Jason. Type it into the search bar. Any social media you're on from TikTok 
to, to Snapchat. To, I'm even on Yelp. Look for me on Yelp. I, I review burger because I'm a big burger fan, right? Nice. So I review restaurants around the world and what kind of burgers they have. So you guys can find me on any social media you want. Wow. See, I hear it there. You can follow him. And there's no hashtags, no nothing. Just straight Honda Pro Jason. And again, thank you for coming on the show, man. It was an honor. Thank you, sir. It was an honor. Can't wait to, I might just, you know, take the trip down to um, uh, Honda Day. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I can you. see it next day. It'd be awesome. Cool, brother. Well, I'm, I'm going to sign off as I normally do and tell you guys, I'm the Honda Pro. And now you're in, in the, the know. know. <laughs> Take care, man. Bye-bye. Take care. Thank you again.